Hello and welcome. My name is Zach Wolf, and you are listening to the Smokescreen Podcast. In this episode number six, we're going to take a look into recent reports in which some leaked UK trade documents made their way to Reddit and out through a host of different social media outlets before eventually making their way into the public sphere. We're also going to take a look at a recent disinformation campaign that shared some similarities between this campaign. Just about a week ago, December 6th, 2019, a post appeared on Reddit r slash security made by the user Worst Nerd. This is a restricted subreddit. Contains a running log of actions taken to ensure the safety and security of reddit.com. So this was an employee of Reddit. The title of the post, Suspected Campaign from Russia on Reddit. Of course, this was extremely relevant to Smokescreen, and I started digging in. It took me a little while, kind of went around in circles with this one. And eventually, what I found was a really nice report released by Graphica, G-R-A-P-H-I-K-A. So they're calling it the UK Trade Leaks. Operators keen to hide their identities disseminated leaked UK-US trade documents in a similar fashion to Russian operations secondary infection, exposed earlier this year in June of 2019. We're going to revisit the Reddit post as that kind of comes at the very end. Presumably, these guys had done the report, notified Reddit, and then Reddit had had a little bit of time to do their research, and, and then they made this post. All right, so let's talk about the background first. Operation Secondary Infection is the name given to a long-running information operation originating from Russia that Facebook initially exposed and attributed in May of 2019. The Atlantic Council's Digital Forensics Research Lab found that the operation spread across at least six languages, a dozen platforms, especially Reddit and smaller blogging platforms, including beforeitsnews.com. So for the purpose of this report, five features of secondary infections stand out. So what they're doing here is they're going to go through and highlight the similarities between secondary infection and this campaign to leak the US-UK trade docs. So first key point, the operation repeatedly used the same usernames or variants on the same site to publish the same article. Not the same usernames as the previous campaign, but the same usernames within the campaign. Second, it paid great attention to operational security, almost invariably used single burner accounts to publish the stories. I think the idea there with the OPSEC, operational security, with a burner account, there's less trail of evidence, logins, account created. Third point, secondary infection personas repeatedly use the same combination of sites to post their German language content. That's one of the more interesting details I think we'll see here. Fourth, the operators repeatedly made language errors in their English posts. In particular, they struggled with the words a and the and with the word order in question. That seems to have been, that seems to be a running theme for disinformation campaigns, information campaigns in general, I guess, because this is not a a disinfo campaign. Here's an example from that one. Why the Democrats collude with Ukraine? Question mark. Kind of missing a word there. Did. Uh, number five. Bad. 
Finally, the operation used a handful of accounts it controlled on Twitter and Facebook to try and draw attention of politicians and journalists to its stories on Twitter. So once they had the initial posts set up, posted on Reddit, linked to the leaked documents, they tried to amplify using a host of different social media sites. All right, so now the leaks themselves. It's a little bit hard to follow along. They really have meticulously documented the spread how this, how these guys navigated between different sites and spread it, and they've taken great care to not come to any false conclusions, which is really nice, makes it clear. So I'm going to do my best to kind of quickly talk you through the main points on the leaks themselves. October 21st, 2019, Reddit user, now I'm just going to call him Gregorator. There's a little, I don't know what we got at the end of the name there. G-R-E-G-O-R-A-T-I-O-R. I'll be close enough. So he posted a link, or she posted a link to the documents, together with a summary of the content in two popular subreddits, our World Politics and our WikiLeaks. This account, Gregorator, was created on May 4th, 2017. It's kind of interesting. Been around for a couple years. First known post, September 12th, 2019. So... Basically sat dormant for a couple years, it, it seems to be, and then a couple posts, maybe it was a hacked account, or someone pre-established this account. In order to kind of keep things looking legit, before posting the leak, Gregorator on Reddit made 16 comments to different subreddits and created a subreddit of its own, UK Whistleblower. Now, nothing was posted there to, to that new subreddit. So the, the report goes on to discuss some of the grammatical errors, clumsy English, and then it adds that linguistic markers are never sufficient on their own to attribute the origin of a user account. Their significance in this case is that they closely resemble the type of linguistic errors observed in the secondary infection posts. All right, quick recap. The mysterious user seemingly originated the leak of a diplomatic document by posting it around online just six weeks before the UK elections. The main question here at this point seems to be how the user got a hold of these documents. For the sake of this conversation, we're really still just dissecting the campaign, trying to understand what it looks like and what methods and techniques they've used. Now, at this point, it's been posted to Reddit, posted around a little bit to some other sites, and nothing. It's not picking up any momentum. Very few upvotes, uh, 13 upvotes, it looks like. That's according to a web archive made that day. So it's not really getting any movement. And as you're going to notice, that's a recurring theme. Next step here. Now we're up to October 23rd. There was a lot of action on October 23rd. In this case, Graphic uh, calls this the German amplification. This is where we see some of these similarities again with, uh, with the secondary infection. On the morning of October 23rd, European time, a user variously called... Max Osterman posted a German article linking the linking to the Gregorator leak on three different websites. Both of the accounts used for the Reddit account for Osterman and the accounts on the other sites he leaked to were all created that day. Burner accounts, it appears to be. They do some analysis on the account creation time. All of it seemed to happen right within a very small period of time. 
The practice of employing single-use burner accounts on exactly the same combination of websites used by secondary infection, it's a strong behavioral parallel between secondary infection and the UK trade leaks. Essentially, they're, they're saying that it's incredibly unlikely for these patterns to occur in both cases. However, what it likely leads to, of course, is that this is the same as secondary infection. However, it could, they point out, be an unknown actor mimicking secondary infection. What's clear, in either case, this amplification pattern constitutes a deliberate information operation. That's kind of a key point. All right, so October 23rd, we've got some English amplification going on. German operation still going on. English language user called Wilbur Gregorator posted a verbatim copy of the original English language article to the conspiracy site beforeitsnews.com. So the parallels between that particular user and that posting are not as strong with secondary infection or less obvious, but they do exist. They also used uh, both, uh, in both cases, they used the beforeitsnews.com site at least twice. All right, so October 23rd still, now we got the Twitter amplification. Gregorator fires up his Twitter account. Now he's linking to the Reddit article. So he's hitting up high-profile UK politicians, most notably the opposition leader, Jeremy Corbyn, tagging the politicians' Twitter accounts in their posts. The funny thing about this Nothing's happening. They're not getting any traction. Posted identical tweet 22 times on October 23rd, 10 times on the 24th, 19 on the 25th, tagging politicians, journalists, rarely pro-Assad or pro-Putin bloggers, doing their best to get the word out. It's not working. Nobody's picking it up. What's interesting, though, of course, is getting to see this pattern in their attempts to spread the message and put it out there, linking between the different sites, kind of trying to build a small buzz around it, make it look legit. Here's where things really get interesting. So essentially, all this work, nothing's happened. No traction. Nobody's picking it up. November 19th, 2019. I'm going to read right from the report here. In the first weeks after the posting of the leaks, None of the attempts at generating momentum via social media gained significant traction. It was not until after November 19th that the Reddit post finally took off. On that day, Labor Party leader Jeremy Corbyn accused Prime Minister Boris Johnson of wanting to sell out the NHS in trade talks with the United States, showed him a redacted version of the document that had been obtained under the UK's Freedom of Information Act. Maybe that was supposed to be a redacted version of a document. Uh, either way, November 21st, pressure group Global Justice Now confirmed that they had issued the FOIA request. So that's from a BBC report. It's a little tricky following along here. This is a different document that they're talking about. However, that keyed off whoever our information campaign folks are. And the GJN spokesperson, Jonathan Stevenson, says, after that debate, the organization was contacted via email and alerted to the presence of the uncensored documents on Reddit. So after all that work, nothing happening. And then, there you have it, they simply reached out and hit this guy up. Global Justice Network, they had filed a FOIA request, get a document, similar topic, 
related to the trade talks. They knew these guys. The idea here, the the attackers knew, of course, that these guys would care. So the email from which the mail came from has not been confirmed. It's unclear whether Gregorator and these other personas were behind it. It's a little bit of info about the email exchange. They tried replying to the email. It bounced. Seemed to be set up for the sole purpose of sending that email, that single email out, notifying them. So yeah, here you got a lot of work done for nothing. And then an email to the right journalist. And there you have it. At that point now, you've got a lot of attention to the fact that this leaked document is floating around out there. It's unclear at this point what sort of impact it may have had on the elections. Doesn't seem to be as effective. Certainly did not take off in the time frame that they were hoping to, going back into late October. You know, uh, however, the the real the interesting part for us here is that the early attempts to seed and amplify the leak are crucial for understanding how the operation was conducted. Again, I'm reading here from the end of the Grafica report. Pattern of behavior in English and German mirrored the behavior of known Russian information operation, secondary infection. Although that operation primarily amplified forgeries, not genuine and apparently unaltered leaks. That mirroring, which concluded the same combination of websites, same type of single-use burner accounts, and similar language errors, appeared too close to be coincidental. Two hypotheses are possible. First, the operation could have been run by the same Russian operators who ran secondary infection. Second, it could have been run by an unknown operator who wanted to look like secondary infection for unknown reasons. At this juncture, and based on the available open source information, Grafica cannot provide attribution of the operation and hopes further analysis of this material by others will lead to additional insights. Okay, so this is published in the beginning of December 2019. They contact Reddit or Reddit had been looking into it. It's unclear to me exactly when they had contacted Reddit, but December 6th, Reddit publishes the results. The results of their investigation are going to provide a little bit of additional information. Specifically, Reddit confirmed that it had found a number of extra assets associated with secondary infection and the leaks campaign. This is from Reddit. Quote, all these accounts have the same shared pattern as the original secondary infection group detected, causing us to believe that this was indeed tied to the original group. Reddit concluded that the accounts Gregorator and Osterman were linked to the original secondary infection operation. Mentioned above, the report and attributed to Russian actors by Facebook's threat intelligence team. Again, the key outstanding question here is, where did they get these leaked documents in the first place? Really interesting stuff. So we can see from a high level, couple, well, at least one of the accounts involved created years ago. We don't know if it was a hacked account taken over or created specifically for this purpose. But most of the other accounts involved created that day, burner accounts used once. It's a little interesting and odd that they use the exact same pattern. Now, had the secondary infection data not been published, you know, published publicly, you might argue that since nobody knew those details, they figured they could use the same ones. I think the only real way to look at that is that they didn't care, right? So if they're using the same technique, they don't care. Maybe, perhaps, 
they figured that people were watching those sites now and they would pick up the data. Clearly, that was the idea to get the, the leaked data picked up, the leaked documents. All right, so I mentioned there was another disinformation campaign, lingering infection. This was December 10th. DFR Labs team, the guys from the Atlantic Council, released a report on this. Essentially, same kind of scenario, mimicked secondary infection tactics. Certainly seems to have Russian origins. It's so... At this point, it's kind of just over the top hearing Russia, Russia, Russia. But that's, that's what we're seeing here. That's what uh, it looks like again in this particular case. These are forged letters. So it wasn't a proper, you know, a real document that was leaked like we had just been talking about. So check that one out. That, that one's pretty new and I haven't had the time to. That one just came out here uh, on the 10th. And I haven't had a time to dig in, but I did want to mention it. Next week, as I was looking into and reading up on this week's report, this whole operation infection, kind of the root of secondary infection. 1980s campaign by the Soviet bloc. Really interesting story. I went down the rabbit hole on it. I'm putting some stuff together. This is the campaign infamously in which... The AIDS virus was attributed to U.S. research scientists. Really interesting stuff. And all these, the, the relevancy here is that I guess the techniques used to spread that disinformation, they see playing out here as well in a whole new different playground. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been episode number six of Smokescreen. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe. It's real rough around the edges here, just kind of getting back into the swing of things. You can check it out at smokescreen.transistor.fm for now. Catch the RSS feed there. I'm, I'm not using SoundCloud at this point anymore. So if you're into it, subscribe. Would love some feedback, ideas for future episodes. Let me know what you think. <laughs>